This is a fairly hectic time for MBA students in the United States as they prepare for their internship interviews which will take place over early to mid-January. And I thought it would be interesting to draw some conclusions or look for some patterns in the fairly large class we have going into this um, session of interviews. I mean, generally speaking, there's quite an accomplished group we have going into the interviews. I think that they have good academics, good backgrounds, great profiles, and they've also started preparing in the right way. So when I say right way, what do I mean by that? I think there are two groups here. The first group has started preparing with us well before the interviews began. So they started discussions with us in some cases in October, some cases in November. Others have began their case training, interview training, communications training, obviously a big emphasis on communication. There's another group which wants to prepare sort of after Christmas, you know, the two, three weeks before the interviews. Both groups will do well because they have obviously thought through why they have chosen that kind of lead time to prepare. So in looking at the group of students we have, which is fairly large, I think it is a well thought through strategy that they've put together. I'm going to point out some tips here that will help other people going into this period in terms of how to prepare. So whether you're the, you know, the, the one group which has started preparing well before um, the interviews, you know, early just early December or, or in November, or you're the other group that is only going to be preparing from now, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's the quality of preparation that counts versus the amount of time you spend. In fact, unless you have a really, really good regimen, schedule, coach, or whatever it is, even if you're training with someone really well, Starting too early can be detrimental. So it's very important to understand that the time you start is not important, but the quality of effort you put into it is what counts. And effort, when I say effort, I don't mean the amount of effort, but the the quality of the time that you spend preparing. And it doesn't have to be lots of time. It can be very short periods. I mean, half of the group we're dealing with, about 16 people, are going to be preparing only after Christmas. And that's a very accomplished group who have a good reason for doing that. So let's talk about some of the things you need to remember. I think that now that exams are wrapping up in just about all the, the MBA programs, time should be spent to rest and recuperate. What you don't want to do is enter the training program while you're suffering from burnout because that means you just become tired a lot easier, a lot more irritable, and the quality of your training does drop. So my first piece of advice is take time to rest and recuperate because you don't want to suffer from burnout. And you do want to get um, sort of, you don't want to, you do want to get to the state whereby you've recovered enough that you are looking forward to learning something new again. So taking time away, not studying cases and so on is highly, highly recommended if you can do that. If you're one of those people who can take time away and maybe sneak in about an hour of preparation which doesn't affect their family time, then also do that. But what you don't want to do is change your schedules just for your case training. I actually don't recommend that. I think go away with family and if you have the time and it's not going to affect anyone's schedules, then you can do some uh, preparation. My second piece of advice is, and this is very important, is understand the scope of what you need to do. I do find a lot of candidates, not our own because we do guide them, but a lot of candidates when they write to me or they call me and ask for advice, they want to know when to start. And I always say, okay, when you start is dependent on what you need to know and how much you already know. You need to understand the scope of what you have to do. I mean, you have to understand the different types of cases you have to study, fit questions, which offices you're applying to, and you have to understand the type of work they do, fix your communication skills, fix your estimation skills. By this stage, you should be good at math. You can't really fix math at this late stage. 
And finally, in while doing all of those things, you have to understand the logic that underlies the different kind of cases. In fact, it is better to do just one or two, say, strategy cases and perfectly understand the logic than do 10 strategy cases and try to memorize all the kinds of strategy cases. In fact, if you do that, you're basically not cut out for management consulting. So understand the scope of what you need to do very well and then plan how much time you need to allocate to it. My advice is that to understand each type of case, you need to probably spend an hour, maybe hour and a half, 30 minutes to understand the underlying logic and an hour of practice. More is always good, but it's not necessary. Third piece of advice is pace yourself. Do not be one of those people who needs to look at an estimation case 25 times before they grasp it. If you are one of those people, then maybe consulting is not for you or you have the wrong training technique. The point is you should be able to grasp an estimation case within with the mechanics of an estimation case, how it works within three, four times of watching it, observing it, and then you should, after about five times of observing it and doing it, you should be able to do it by yourself. But the point is this. It's the quality of the training and not the quantity. So don't try to watch 15 different estimation questions before you ge guess it. If you, if, you are getting into the, if you're getting into the stage whereby you have to watch different types of cases over 80 times before you have to understand it, then you're doing something wrong. You're trying to memorize the approaches as opposed to understanding the underlying logic. You should be able to watch one case, really, and understand the underlying logic, and maybe two, three cases for its application, and from there you should be able to do it yourself. So pace yourself and go for quantity over quality. Do a few things well rather than trying to do a lot of things well. So, for example, if you're using books to prepare and so on, don't say, I have to get through all the material in the book. That is not worthwhile. It's better you get through half of the material and understand it well, because if you understand the underlying logic of one case, you can extrapolate that into another case. So if you understand the underlying logic of a strategy case, you can extrapolate that into a competition case, even though you may never have done a competition case. But if you try to do all the cases at a sort of a high level without understanding them, you won't make it. Fourth piece of advice is practice in a live format. And this is crucial. Find someone who knows what they are doing. I mean, even if it's a student or an ex-consultant, find someone who knows what they're doing. Even some consultants at McKinsey now are not good people to practice with because their coaching skills are not that good. And to be honest, even when they got into McKinsey, they probably their case skills weren't that good. So be wary of who you pick as a partner. Make sure they're honest, but encouraging, tough, but focusing on the issue and giving you good feedback that you can actually use. If someone tells you you have to be more structured, throw a book at them because telling someone they have to be more structured is just such a cop-out. It's a way of saying, I don't want to give you proper feedback because I don't have time, but I'm going to tell you this because this is what you're expected to do. When someone tells you to be more structured, ask them, ex tell them exactly what do you mean by more structured? Because I feel people say that because it's a nice thing to say when they have nothing to say. So when someone tells you you have to be more structured, ask them what they mean. When someone says that you have to be a more linear thinker, ask them exactly what they mean. And ask for specific examples, because I do feel when people use those types of um, um, areas for improvement as feedback, they're basically saying, I didn't pay attention to the case, and I'm just saying this because it sounds intelligent. The other piece of advice I have is try not to make your training work, you know. Try to make it into a fun experience whereby you enjoy what you're doing. Now, you know, what one of the things we've done is we've made a whole battery of videos available to our students so that when they're traveling with their families and they have sort of uh, 30 minutes somewhere during the day, they can pull out their iPads and watch us solving case videos in real time. And they can watch it as many times as they want. Now, obviously, you don't 
you probably won't have access to our videos, but there's a lot of great material on the internet. You just have to find it. And beyond that, there's also a lot of good advice that you can also find. So what you need to do is that design your training so that it's not work. If you make it work and it becomes a horrible exercise, you will never want to do it. And if you don't want to do something, you don't put the effort into doing it. Next piece of advice is ensure you get tough, I would say brutal feedback early. What you don't want to do is being is practicing with someone who's just telling you what you want to hear. And then you go into cases and you realize, oh my God, no one told me this. And it happens to so many students, it's shocking. You need to make sure that whomever you practice with, even if you're practicing by yourself, you're being brutally honest with yourself and you're giving yourself tough feedback. We are convenient excuses excuses all the time where students say things like, um, I didn't do well because I had too many things on my plate. Let me tell you something. We've got MBA students running journals, playing for in a pro basket, not pro, but university basketball teams, basically managing multiple things, still graduating near the top of their class. Very rarely, in fact, I would say never should you have the excuse that you have too much on your plate to prepare for consulting interviews because if you're struggling to manage the workload now, you will never be able to manage as a management consultant. The workload is significantly higher than anything you can possibly imagine. So make sure you're being honest with yourself and make sure that if you're working with someone, you're getting honest feedback. Finally, I mean, everyone does this. If you're not sure of something, you go onto forums to get um, um, comforting feedback from other people. Be wary of those forums. Firstly, what happens is when people experience one thing, they they immediately assume it applies to everyone. So if someone got into McKinsey without a, a using a cover letter for whatever reason, maybe their friend submitted their resume, they then make it a law that you can get into McKinsey without a cover letter. Stop reading those ridiculous forums. There are many people, I'd say 30% of people who get into management consulting firms don't deserve to be there. Or, well actually the number is probably higher, and if the ones that do get in, a lot of them are not even sure how they get in. They're actually shocked that they passed the interview. And if they're shocked that they passed the interview, then they don't exactly know what they did right in the interview. So the point is be wary of those forums. A lot of it are written by people who have no real experience in management consulting. They are listening to rumor, hearsay, and a whole lot of innuendo when they construct their responses. So the bottom line is to get into a consulting firm, you have to be confident, be able to do cases well, be an eloquent speaker, communicate well, and understand the values and culture of the firm. That's it. Do those things and you don't have to worry about those forum trolls. Finally, if you're not enjoying your training, two things could be happening here. Firstly, you're not training well, so you may have to rethink the way you're preparing. Maybe take a day off and or two days off and think to yourself, okay, what am I doing incorrectly here? The other option, which many people don't want to hear, is maybe consulting is not for you. I know people don't want to hear this, but Use the training as a chance to filter out whether management consulting is for you or not for you. I know upfront that about half of the people applying to consulting firms at the top MBA schools are doing so because it's elite and it's prestigious to do it. Not because they really want to be a management consultant. I would say 80% of those who are applying to management consulting firms have very little idea of what a management consultant actually does. They have a vague understanding and they like that vague understanding. If you're not sure what a management consultant does, listen to one of our previous podcasts which say which talks about what an actual engagement is like. It's written from the level of a partner, but it does give you a very good understanding of the difficulties, complexities, and challenges we face, especially with data on projects. The bottom line is if you're struggling with math, you will struggle as a management consultant. That's just the nature of the game. The kind of calculations we have to do and the way we have to reconstruct the, you know, sometimes we want to do a calculation, but the data is not available. So to get the same kind of output we wanted, we had to design a totally new calculation. You have to be really good with numbers to do that. 
So those are my eight pieces of advice. The most important piece of advice I can give you is to take your time in your preparation and do it well. Be wary of, I would say, destructive criticism. If you do want good feedback, get someone who's going to give you good feedback. You know, they'll give you proper feedback and not try to sort of couch the, the areas for improvement, but they will also ensure that you are getting specific things you need to develop. Hopefully that will be useful. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a note.